Traveling over hills, winding round the trail, comes the signal of that old radio. Searching with the dial, fingers trekking for miles, they'll settle in the valley that they know. From Opal City, this is Opal City Radio. Hey guys, it is 8.48 p.m., 2-20-2017. I was going to say 2020, which is not correct at all. Not not correct, That's not the way the Gregorian calendar works. Um, (laughs) I am uh, your host, Mike Sanders, with me is Emily, and uh, it's Opal City Radio Time. Hey guys, how's it going? Yeah. Or, or what were you guys doing? We, we were just going to hang out. We are just going to get like a pizza and scam some chicks or something. What are you <laughs> I mean, I, I'm in. Are you in older house? I'm I'm in. Okay. I'll, yeah. I'll call the the pizza place. Man, see, now I want pizza. Me too. Me too. Why did you put that into the universe, Michael? Uh, well, this is the second time I've put something into the universe that you have regretted immediately. It's true because you keep putting good things out there and you know that's, that they won't happen. That's, well, I, well, I mean, look, pizza is much more attainable than the subject we're going to be talking about tonight. It's uh, true. Which is a good Wildstorm comic. Uh-huh. Um, we're going to talk about Planetary, written by uh, Warren Ellis. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh my man. goodness. I've never read Planetary before. I No, I was reading Planetary when it was coming out. Right. Um back in the early 2000s sure but it has been a minute since i sat down and read it and i knew i had to uh atone for the wild <laughs> the cats sin of wild cats <laughs> yeah the wild cats situation yes so i was like okay we'll read this this good comic yeah um i liked it a lot unsurprisingly as as people who listen to Oval City Radio know I am a big Warren Ellis fan. So, mm-hmm. and so am I. We we are both yes. fans of Mr. Ellis. That's true. I want him to like to cook me eggs or something because apparently he he knows how to cook good things. So. Oh man. Yeah. See again, that's like the third thing you put up there. Well, again, but that's just as unobtainable as getting like a network or Netflix. Uh, planetary show which would be amazing and that would be real amazing yeah oh yeah it'd be fantastic i already have like some castings in my head for people but <laughs> oh my God. I, I will let that slide for now so okay, yeah well, well that's it for now let's talk about yes good good night everybody um <laughs> that's the show everyone yeah let's uh, let's talk about planetary for a little bit so um it is you know, uh, it, the the setup for it is pretty unique, I would say. Um, yeah. It features a team that's not crazy expansive. Just no, there's only three, three people. people. Just three dudes. Well, three two dudes. dudes and a lady. And they are archaeologists of the weird. Yes, discovering the strange history of the planet. Yes, the strange and hidden history of the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, they, like gather knowledge mm-hmm. it's a big big part of it and they, they collect always, it they always claim that they're archaeologists 
Yes. Which I mean, I because they do. They find things that are that are hidden, that are forgotten. Yep. Um, things that need to be preserved. Things that are just super weird. Yeah, things that, and it's to keep the planet strange because that's the way it's meant to be. Right. It's meant to be this weird, wonderful place. Indeed. So let's keep it that way. I agree, planetary. Please <laughs> recruit me. <laughs> well, you're not weird. You don't have superpowers. Uh, I, I kind of do. I can do impersonations of celebrities. That's my superpower. I mean, but I mean, how are they going to use that in the field? Uh, it's very easily if they're like, listen, hey, Sean Connery uh, wants to talk to you. So, so you guys have to let us in. And then they pass a phone over and they're just like, hello, it's me, Sean Connery. Like, I mean, completely... <laughs> They would obviously be starstruck, and they would just comply to his demands. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Sure, how that would help if you were like looking at like a Hong Kong murder revenge ghost, but. Oh well, in that case, maybe I would use like I don't know, like George Takai or something. Maybe that would that would help. <laughs> I I'm I'm just saying. Yeah, it's of limited use, I admit, but. I think I have a place on that team. I think I've earned my place on that team. Oh, okay. Yes. So our three members of Planetary, because that Mm -hmm. is the name of the the corporation. Yes. The team. They have offices throughout the world. We don't know how many. Yeah. They got deep pockets. Yeah. We're not even sure how long they've been active. It's it's true. It's just, everybody says no a long time. Well, how long? Uh, just a long time. You have uh, Elijah Snow. Yes. Who is a, a cranky grandpa? He is a cranky grandpa. Um, he is one of the century babies. He was born yes. on January first, nineteen hundred. Yes, I love this concept. And this is something that Warren Ellis did in a couple of his books. Yeah. Was he put mm-hmm. forth this idea? Of people that were born at the turn of the century uh-huh. are slightly more than human. Right. Um, they're like a natural defense. Right. For when, for when crazy shit goes down to ensure that the human race survives to the next century, mm-hmm. one of the century children will, will inevitably try to defend us from ourselves, usually. So Elijah Snow is one of those. Yes. Uh, his whole thing is um, he's got like ice powers. Yeah. So like he can. World ending ice powers. But yeah, like, I'm saying, I mean, this, like... isn't, this isn't like 1960s Iceman where he just makes <laughs> snowballs. Right. Just kind of ignores Magneto a little bit. And he's just like, oh, confound you. Like, <laughs> You know, I mean, he could like freeze the water in your brain. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yes. Um. He also, I mean. He knew Sherlock Holmes. He did. He did. He Sherlock Holmes taught him how to be a detective. You know, what's cool. He dresses all in white, mm-hmm. which I like. I like that um, he also looks kind of timeless. Like it's very hard to pin down his age. Yes, because he's definitely not in his twenties. Yeah, no, he no, doesn't really he, look like in his in his thirties, but he doesn't look like he's in his fifties either. Maybe though. Yeah, but I mean, he's also obviously not a hundred years old. Yes, I mean. Um, so you have him, you have, uh, Jaquita Wagner, uh-huh. who is, uh, she is super strong. She's got super senses mm-hmm. and super speed. She's also possibly immortal. Yeah. She's extremely tough. 
yeah, but very long lived. Yeah. Um, and she's very easily given over to boredom. <laughs> that is absolutely true. <laughs> Which is why she's in planetaries because everything's new and exciting all the time. It keeps her from being bored because terrible things happen when she's bored. <laughs> and then you have the drummer. Yeah. Who is just kind of a weird dude, but uh, he can talk to machines. Right. And he can do, um, like, I don't know. It's like a weird, like he can see information. Yeah, well, they, they, they like kind of get into it. Yeah. Information. He he processes information differently than anybody else alive. Yeah, yeah. Probably because you know when he was when he was created, all the other children that were with him had their heads exploded. Yeah, you know, there's a whole thing about the drummer and his yes. whole backstory. But that's the the gist of it. Is right. like he can he can talk to machines. Um, call him the drummer because he always has his drumsticks. Yep. That's kind of how he does it. Is you know you create like a frequency. And uh, or with kinetic energy, and then he can see it and he can read it. Right. He also really annoys Elijah Snow all the time. Yeah, yeah. With all he... of his incessant drumming. <laughs> it's, it's very true. So that's your team. Yep. And they are overseen by the very mysterious fourth man. Right. Who runs planetary? He pays for everything. Um. But nobody knows who he is. Nobody's ever seen him. Nobody's seen him. It's just this big old question mark. Who the hell knows? So, whole thing kicks off with Jakita finding Snow. Right. Who's in a shitty diner in the middle of the desert. Mm -hmm. Looking kind of like a hobo. Yeah. Yeah, he looks pretty scruffy. And she's like, hey, I have a job offer for you. It's a million dollars for the rest of your life, no matter how long you wind up living, no matter how long you wind up working for us. And what we want uh, in exchange for this is the exclusive use of your talents, your memories, and your experience. Right. Sure. Yeah, well, I mean, when you're a... The shifty hobo and <laughs> <laughs> you're a hobo, Grandpa. I mean, yeah. drinking bad coffee in the middle of yes. I mean, we're I think they were like middle of California. Like where were they? Ah, uh, I don't know. Maybe somewhere in the south of California, where everything's horrible. Yeah, I who knows? But you know, so sure. And he goes off with her, and he meets drummer who he instantly hates. Yes, instantly dislikes him, and. They have their very first adventure. Indeed. It and what I right away. <laughs> pretty much. But what I really like about this book is pretty much every issue is like a self-contained adventure. Yeah. Like Warren Ellis tends to do that with a lot of what he writes. Is yes. It's just like something you could pick up, you can read it. And if you want to keep reading and expanding your knowledge on that particular subject and others, so be it. You know, it it does take a lot of, as a story writer myself, (laughs) it takes a lot of discipline to write a contained story every single time. Yeah. That's tough. That's tough to do. So I I like that, that it's everyone is a self-contained story. As we get into the comic and you really start digging into 
the characters because there's right. a whole thing with Elijah and like. Well, he's been alive for so long. Well, he's know, been alive like, for so long, but then why doesn't he remember things? Right. He's got big gaps in his memory. Yeah, there's huge gaps in his memory, and there's things that he should know that he doesn't know, and why is that? What isn't the team telling him? Mm-hmm. So you get into that, and you get into kind of like their arch nemesis. Yes. And that's when pieces really start connecting together, and right. you get more complete like overarching bridge of a story yeah um as opposed to the very beginning where it's like okay you know you have doc brass and like the whole pulp hero things you have the whole thing with the japanese cult and like the godzilla island right you have the hong kong revenge ghost you know those are all kind of very self-contained little stories yeah but even they're not because then later on you find out how they kind of all fit together they all do wind I, up fitting together to form this big picture. I, I thought it was very telling. One of my favorite pieces of cover art from it is the one where Elijah Snow has the last puzzle piece. Yes. And there's yes. just like everything is put together except for this one white square. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty rad. Yeah, it's really good. There's, um, yeah, I don't know. There's like a lot of really great influences. Yes. Like I, I was telling Mike earlier, we do like our little pre- chit chat don't no don't give away our secrets i know whatever that's, that's um, like wall hacking you guys are supposed to th- look use that secret in in <laughs> all confidence podcast friends is this book it feels almost like a love letter to all these great adventure stories of whether it's, you know, your pulp heroes from the 1930s and 40s or your, you know, superheroes from the 50s and 60s or even your weird occult intellectual stuff from the 80s. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's pulling from all these great different sources, but none of it feels cynical. Um, not it, really, no. I mean, it's just... It's like, you know, oh, well, isn't this stupid? And I'm going to show you that it's stupid. Well, well, like I said, it's not a Garth Ennis colleague. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, no, I, I would agree with that. Like, it's everything is taken and he puts a really unique spin on things. Yes. And then yes, just he... lets it go and sees where it goes, you know? Like, um, okay, the planetaries, uh, like their arch nemesis. Yes. It's the Fantastic Four. Yes, it is the Fantastic Four. Of course, they're they're not the actual Fantastic Four, but they are a like kind of believable like alternate universe Fantastic yeah, they're, Four. They're Fantastic Four analogs. Yes. It's you have the the main scientist. Yeah. Randall Dowling, who's mm-hmm. Reed Richards. Uh, you have his his friend, who's their test pilot. Yes. Jacob Green. Right. You know, then you have the pretty girl, mm-hmm. Kim Suskind. Yes. And then the, the dude where you're not really sure why he's there. Right. <laughs> but there he is all the same, William Leather. Yes, William Leather. And their whole thing is that instead of like, you know, we have to beat commies to the moon. I never thought you were a coward. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, 
Although that was part of it, because they were part of, like, the whole secret, uh, they were, like, the shadow side of our race to the moon. Yeah, what I liked, where he set it up is basically, like, all right, look, here's what goes on, like, you've got the America, the America, yes, Mike, um, (laughs) America inherits a bunch of Nazi scientists from World War II, and they start to, right, and we start to work on the space program. Which is why we did. (laughs) Right. But what they didn't tell you happened was that they built two different rockets. You had the one that was going to go to the moon, which was all like the shiny, happy, glory, bo- glory boy, go America, you know, mm-hmm. moment. And then you had the the other team and they got the shit done. Yeah, they got they went there in 1961. Right. And yes, these were like it was built by like Hitler's super secret Nazi scientists. Right. Who were like, you know, kept so secret that no one knew who they were. And yeah, this this team of four shot off into space. They did not make it to the moon. Nope. And instead they went through the bleed. Right. Which is a concept that he introduced in I believe it was actually back in Stormwatch. He used it a lot in authority with the whole like yeah. this between the whole like multiverse thing well i mean planetary gives you i think the the clearest view of what the multiverse is yeah and i think planetary is where he first really established that yeah before using it like i said like it gets you a lot the thing that i liked about it is that it brings up what's called the holographic universe theory (laughs) and it kind of runs with it which is really neat and that's kind of a thing that has been gaining traction here and there, where, you know, we're not actually three-dimensional beings, we're just two-dimensional because two dimensions are acting out on one another and we're, like, the hologram of that light. No, that's... no. Mm. That's great. I love it. No, that's too crazy. I don't like it. But, um, but yeah, it, it like, he takes that theory and then he kind of runs with it a little bit and mm-hmm. then a lot of the previous adventures start making a little bit more sense to you. Mm-hmm. Yep, you know, yep, yep. instead of just, and I mean, those, those, you know, previous issues were still awesome. You know, you had a freaking Chinese detective revenge ghost, for God's sake. It's very true. What, what more do you want? Um, <laughs> you know. But yeah, it starts falling into place. Right. You know, with the four and they do and they go through the bleed and it's like, we don't know what happened. Right. But we know what didn't happen. And we know they came back and they were more than human. Right. And yes, they all have the Fantastic Four powers. The girl can turn invisible, but this time she's got uh, goggles that let her see. Right, because Because if you turn invisible, you can't see anything. (laughs) Because the light goes right through your eyes, Sue. Yeah, Sue. Susan. (laughs) It's like, like, put my hands on my hands, Susan. (laughs) You know, Dowling, like Reed Richards, he can stretch, but instead he stretches his mind. Right, like he can read the thoughts of people who he's talked with recently. Like he can impregnate ideas into other people's minds. Yeah. It's real creepy. Um, Uh, Jacob turns into the thing, He turns into the thing, yes. Uh, and then William, like Johnny, um, can do the whole fire thing, only his is like a weird, crazy, like blue fire. Yeah, and he can sink through objects and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, so they do. They come back and it's more than human, and their whole thing is with um they also are collecting 
information and knowledge and artifacts. Right. But instead of using them to better the world and to protect the world, right. they are using it for themselves. Exactly. They're hiding it from everyone, creating a secret history yes. uh, along the ages that has been concealed. And that's what Elijah Snow was was basically doing. Yup. And he's like, he won't abide by it. That's true. Good on you, Elijah. Yeah, I appreciate it, Elijah. Indeed. But yeah, with the whole like multiverse thing... Which gets brought up in their very first adventure when they go to, oh, how do you even pronounce that word? The Ariandrax? Adirondacks. Adirondacks? Yeah. They go to the mountains. Right. (laughs) Because they're like, oh, crap, like somebody scanned this and there's like a base in the middle of it. Right. And we're not sure why. But we're going to take a look. Let's go figure it out. Yeah. So they go, and there they find this dude who's still alive. Yeah. Uh, Doc Brass. Right. Who's like a Doc Savage kind of dude. Yeah, he's kind of like a, you know, like tan skin, two-fisted scientist guy, but also action hero. Yeah, he's an adventurer. He's another century baby. Yes. Uh, he's a scientist. He's an inventor, you know. The whole, like, he eliminated the need for food and sleep in 1942. He stopped right. aging in 1943. He learned to close wounds with the power of his mind in 1944. <laughs> right. I mean, it's like, well, settle down, Doc Brass. Yeah, Doc Brass, you are, you are really starting to stretch the boundaries here. I'm going to need you to settle down. <laughs> Just need to have a seat, Doc. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, he was with a whole group of, like, pulp heroes yes so you had like not the shadow Mm -hmm. like not fu manchu right not uh uh, tarzan yep not tarzan was a big part of that group (laughs) yeah he he was so you know all you you get the idea yeah a very you know two-fisted action dudes and their whole thing was with you know with all of our powers and all of our knowledge and experience you know, we should be able to end World War II. Right. You know, I mean, like, we can see what's coming. We know it's going to, this horrible thing, our whole thing is that we're supposed to protect the world and save lives. Right. So what they do in 1944 is they build, like, a supercomputer. Right. That pretty much, I I don't even understand. Like, it, it created multiverses well it it revealed the secret of the multiverse to them which is just like basically a you know what looks to be like a giant snowflake where it's just infinite worlds and infinite possibilities that's right so it reveals it and it's it's the whole thing is like the 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 world's like they collapse on until finally like the the most perfect answer right is is left but unfortunately, what they didn't like really count on was in one of those worlds, someone saw them. Right. And to save their world, and this is like analog alternate universe Justice League. Yeah, pretty much. They invaded. So there was this huge fight. Everyone dies except right. for Doc Brass. <laughs> right. Who is left in the room, because the computer is the room. Yeah. 
And he's been there since 1945, awake with guns, because, right. like, what if somebody else tries to get through? It's it's true. He was, like, holding the line. like, Which is horrifying. Yeah. And he was so, trying to keep mental track of time, so it's like, in the 1990s, it's like, it's 1974, isn't it? Like... Yeah, they're like, oh, you're, mm. So, you know, they take him back. And I like Doc Brass. We don't see a lot of him. No. He only pops up, you know, a couple more times for talks with Elijah Snow. But I don't know, there's, there's something charming about this, like, two-fisted action century baby dude. Right, well, I mean. With it's, his messed up legs. It's, I think, it's that kind of appeal that you get from you know like those who came before you you know and it's like he doesn't go out on adventures or anything he can't because his legs are like terribly twisted up and wounded (laughs) but you know like he's just there to like you know uh like it's almost like his retirement almost yeah i guess i guess so and it's like he he dispenses wisdom to elijah snow in a couple of really really good pages yeah yeah um like we were talking about, like this is the part where, um, you know, they're talking after he's been recovered. Yeah, is <clears throat> when he does when they find him, and he's like, you know, what year is it? Nineteen seventy, and they're like, oh, buddy, no. I mean, it's nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. So his count's way off, <clears throat> and he's talking to Elijah, and he's just like, you know, oh, you know, when you found me, you could have told me, you know, I I would have been able to handle it. You could have told me what year it actually was. Yeah. And then the shot of him is just, it's him. And you know that he's just, like, gone quiet for that minute. Yeah. As he's, like, just looking out the window. And it's like, no, you wouldn't have been okay, dude. Yeah. And they knew that. Yeah. And that's why they didn't tell you. It's true. Because, well, you know, because they set up the scene where he comes and he's like, it's like living in a in the, like a goddamn sci-fi novel. Like. Because they have, like, the TV, like, videotapes. Yes. They're like, here's Jenny Sparks. I think we both slept with her at some point. <laughs> Still rambling around, doing, <laughs> her, doing her thing. Good old Jenny. Yep. Um, let's see. And then, yeah, you have the weird Godzilla story. Yeah. With Monster Island. Mm-hmm. Which I, I liked. It's like, oh, yeah, this weird island that's, like, in between Japan and Russia. Right. We don't, Again, it's like, we don't know what happened here. I mean, we know what didn't happen here, <laughs> but there's, like, Godzillas that live on this island. Right. There's, like, so, a Mothra corpse and, like, the corpse oh of my Godzilla. God. Yeah. I loved it. So, you have this, like, <laughs> this, like, Japanese cult. Yeah. I mean, it's only six dudes. Yeah. But it's, like, this insane dude and his acolytes, and they're like, you know, oh, like, you know, we'll take over the government and we'll kill everyone. It'll be great. And, you know, they come to the island, and the dude wants to, like, eat one of the monsters. Yeah, he wants to start, like, eating Godzilla, you know? And the one guy's like, no, I'm not going to eat anything, and he blows his brains out. (laughs) So, when Planetary, you know, of course, they hear about this, and they go to check it out. Yep. And Elijah Snow is like, all right, so what what is Island Zero? And it's like, well, you kind of just have to see it. And it's like, all right, well, we have to make sure that, like, these dudes, that they didn't do anything and you know they're they're walking and you know Jakita's like all right well we're following their tracks so they've right. already seen this and then it's the mothra body yes. it's like oh my god yeah it's, it was crazy <laughs> 
Um, so much craziness. Crazy awesomeness in this comic, though, as opposed to just Wildcat's inept craziness. Yeah, I just, there's so many good stories. Yeah, the difference is vast. So. Like, I, like the one with the shift ship that they find. Yes. That, I oh, mean, it that turns one was into, one of my favorites. That I mean, it turns into its whole thing. Yeah. But with the gist of it being, it's, I mean, it's what the authority's carrier is. A carrier right. is a shift ship that runs in the bleed. And it came from an alternate Europe. Right. And it crashed here a long time ago. I mean, back when dinosaurs were around. Right. And its crew is dead, and it just wants to go home. Right. So this this dude kind of unwittingly, you know, steps on the teleporter, gets transported to the ship, gets turned into, like, a dude that can pilot it. Right, because the ship uses the crew as its systems like there's a person who is fuel there's a person who is the pilot yes they're part of the ship but also separate from it yeah yes i mean it was just such like and the ship looks it's like this crazy beautiful like it's almost like an art nouveau yeah it's like a like like a neo art nouveau ship yeah it's amazing they're like dolphins on it yes yes i mean it's beautiful and it's so sad but yet at the end, it's a very optimistic thing because, you know, you have this guy and it's like, you know, do you understand what happened to you? And he's like, well, yeah. And they're like, mm-hmm. well, do you want to keep, like, are you sure this is what you want to do? And he's like, well, yeah, I want to help the ship go home. Right. And they do eventually find, because it needs seven people. Yep. And they do find six more people to help it go home. Yeah, that's pretty right. And I'm just like, that's so just sweet yeah like i can't think of any other word to describe that well i mean the thing is like especially with with planetary the team (laughs) like one of elijah snow's things like you know then we've talked about that he doesn't have his entire memory at first is the level of him just being like why why is all this stuff hidden we could (laughs) be helping so many people with these things you know, and there's that strong sense of, of uh, you know, well, it's just like, you know, you, you got to be a human being and then help out humanity with these things. Yeah, well, I mean, his whole thing, I like I said earlier, is that he just he wants to, he's a person who saves. Right, he's a fixer. Yeah, you it's know, like he, whether it's on a person-to-person basis, like we find out with Jakita and Drummer. Right. He literally saved them. Right. Or if it's more abstract in like saving knowledge, saving artifacts, saving the world. Right. You know, that's that's his function as a century baby. Right. Is he fulfills it rather well. Is to save it. Like Jenny Sparks thing is, you know, she leads teams. Right. That's what she does, you know, for good or ill. She's there on the front lines. Right. So I like that, that you know, you have these little century babies who do all their little different things. Yeah, it's like different flavors of, of world saving. Yes. Um how about the the Vertigo eighties horror homage? <laughs> that was pretty awesome, I have to say. <laughs> um yeah, they put John Constantine in it. It's one hundred I mean they they call him Jack Carter, but it's John yeah. Constantine, let's be real. Yeah. 
who's an ex-boyfriend of Jakita Wagner's. Right. Um, he, he's died. And so they all go to London for the funeral. Yeah, and a bunch, there's like, not Swamp Thing is there, not Morpheus, and not Death are there. Yes. Yep, not Animal Man is there. Yep. And it is, and, you know, Jakita's like kind of explaining it, and she's like, you know, look, you know, it's a lot of, you know, weird shit was happening in the 80s. Right. Especially in England. And, you know, she's talking about Thatcher and, you know, how insane it was under yep. Thatcher. And she's like, you know, yeah, you know, people thought it was, you know, bad in America. Well, this is how bad it was here. And this is what came out of it. Right. <laughs> you know, this is this is what this is. So, of course, they all assemble for Jack Carter's funeral. Right. And um, and yeah, and then she tells the story about him when he runs into a, a Herod. Yeah. For the year, because every year, I guess, has a Herod right. um, to murder the would-be <laughs> second coming of Jesus Christ. Right, exactly. And, you know, Jack Carter sees this guy. You know, he's not supposed to be able to see him, but he sees him, and he's like, oh, well, you know, fuck this. Like, yeah. I'm not going to let you says, kill. You, you want, mate. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to let some Tory toe rag, yes. um, you know, kill some innocent woman. Just because he's like a government stooge who's been told to, like, right. nah, mate. <laughs> so he traps him like right at the corner of a street, and then you see like his skeleton like clinging <laughs> like the street post. But of course, the whole thing because he's he's not John Constantine, right? He's not actually dead, right? Of course, because faked... as we all know, John Constantine never really dies as well. So yeah, right, you know, he you know he faked the death and. We, you know, he comes back and we see him again mm -hmm. and, you know, he takes off the trench coat, right? puts on another jacket and you see that he has tattoos now. <laughs> right. And that he has shaved his head completely. And he has morphed into... <laughs> to Spider Jerusalem. Yeah. The hero that the 90s deserved. It's well, a hero that we need right now. Well, dang it. right the hell now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I thought that was that was fun. That was super fun. I liked it. Yeah, no, I, I like that one a lot. Yeah. Um of yeah, the of, again, like it didn't feel like again, it didn't feel like he was making like cruelly making fun. Right, exactly. You like, know, there's there's that difference between I love this thing, so I'm gonna poke at it. Yeah, exactly. But it I'm comes just gonna, to a place just of affection. Fun I'm just funning a little bit, that's all. Yeah, and then there's like yeah. Like, like a fucking playful elbow to the ribs, like, eh, eh, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's not like... But you're in on the joke, you know? You're he like, does oh. it because he hates it. Right. You know? It's not that. It's, it's, right, it's not the boys. Yeah, it's not coming from a place of spite and malice. Right. Which is why I, I like when Warren Ellis makes fun of things. Yes. Like, the whole next wave where it was 100% making fun, like having fun at Marvel's expense. Right. But again, it wasn't like cruel and right, mean right, and spiteful exactly. and hateful. It, it was, was fun. Yeah. It was, it was a love letter to that particular genre, you know, to and, how ridiculous and stupid it is, but, yeah. but it's okay. That it's ridiculous and stupid. Right. Exactly. As you know? he said in, in the next way forward, he said, if you disagree with him, he will fight you on the street and you'll both explode. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, yeah, there's a lot of of analogs in this. Um, yes. We there's a Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern. Yes. Mm-hmm. And also, that one was sad. That one was super sad. Oh god, um, when he rips the lantern out of the thing's chest, I was like, "You son of a bitch!" Yeah, because this is all. Um, these are all artifacts that the four have. Right. So you know, you have Superman who. Obviously, you know, it's these aliens and, oh, no, our planet's going to explode. So we'll send our child, you know, to this other world. Well, you know, not Johnny Storm gets there and, like, sets the baby on fire. He incinerates a baby, an alien baby. An alien baby. Takes his cape. Like a ghoul. Yeah, like, come on. Then you have Wonder Woman who, you know, she's on her beautiful island that's, you know, super scientifically advanced. and. You know, we're, I'll go into man's world and show them there's another way to live. Right. And, you know, there's hope and all of the, And, of course, no, she's instantly killed and they take her bracers. Yep. And then you have Green Lantern, uh, who's an intergalactic police officer. Yes. And he's got, you know, this old school lantern in his chest. And it's, you know, be a bright beacon for... Right. For, you know, for everyone in the world and show, like, this is what, you know, a police officer is. Right. And then, of course, it's not Reed Richards doing horrible experiments and he rips the lantern right out of his chest. Right. And actually, as I told Mike earlier, gives it to Henry Bendix, who then puts it in someone else's chest and creates his own little superhero. (laughs) Who later gets killed because he's in the secret Stormwatch team that Midnighter and Apollo came out of. Right. Um... But yeah, it's just, I was like, oh. Oh. Well, I mean, it, it also kind of... They, I mean, that's who the four are. Like, yeah, exactly. They're evil, like, immoral, asshole scientists. Like, the whole exactly. thing, like, even when you figure out what the four did, it mm-hmm. still shocks you. You're like, oh my god. Because basically what happened is they, you know, they go on their super secret mission... And they go through a dimensional portal. They find this alternate Earth. Yep. And they make the deal. They're like, hey, if you give us, if you make us more than human, mm-hmm. we can prepare our Earth for your eventual arrival and takeover. Yep. You know, and of course that sets off the end of Planetary where Elijah Snow gets his memory back. He figures out what's going on. And it's just like, oh, no, you didn't. Yeah, oh hell no. <laughs> exactly. And and he 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 wrecks their shit. He he one hundred percent does. He wrecks their shit. And I loved yeah. every second of it. Yes. Oh my god. Um gosh, like the whole thing with uh oh what's his face? John Stone. Yeah. Who's like they James Bond Nick Fury in one of his in one in his little backstory thing where 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 he's fighting the bride. Uh-huh. And she has someone that she's shooting in the head, and an eye patch and a cigar flying in different directions. So I was like, "No, Nick Fury!" I didn't even catch that. <laughs> yep, <laughs> they killed Director Fury. Oh no! <laughs> it was probably his life model decoy, though. He's probably uh, fine. Pro- it's he's he's fine. He's totally yeah. fine. But yeah, that was really cool. Like they yeah. kind of went back to the '60s, and it's Jon Snow, and he's the world's best undercover agent. Yes, like secret agent, dude. Right. And yeah, and he's fighting this woman called the Bride. Right. Who's like dressed all in white, and she's got like the veil. Yeah, she's got like a laser eye. Like she's got monkeys. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, I, 
Mr. Ellis, please. <laughs> I need a series that is about this. Yes. Like, post that. This is amazing to me. Yes. Um, because, yeah, he he worked for STORM, which is an acronym. Yes. Well, no. O-R-M, yeah. They don't yeah. go into what it stands because it's not important. It's, it's not, fun. It's fun. And you can tell, you're like, oh, my God, that's going to, that's the precursor to Stormwatch. Yep. Oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> you know, or like um, when we go back again, when Elijah Snow starts getting like all of his memories back mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, shit, like, I know things. Yes. You know, and he's like, I knew Sherlock Holmes. Oh, man, that was such an awesome thing where he's like, what languages do you speak? And he's like, English. And he's like, that, dear boy, is a subject for debate. (laughs) But he finds, because, again, before Doc Brass and his dudes, right, right, who were all the pulp heroes, right, before them, you had pretty much the Victorian heroes of... Sherlock Holmes, mm-hmm. Doctor Frankenstein, <laughs> yes, Dracula, the, in- the Invisible Man, right, <laughs> and Dracula, <laughs> yes, and and also I, Dracula. Elisha Snow is sitting in in like the study of Sherlock Holmes, and he's telling him about like you know how he you know he hunted them down. And he was at the Baron's, you know, um, castle, and he right. found the secret library, and he talked to the Invisible Man, and then there's just like a goddamn Dracula, just like <laughs> it's, not, it's not a, it's the Dracula, it's goddamn Dracula, it's a Dracula, and he freezes him, and then like kicks his crotch out, yeah. and it's just like all right, yeah, and I love that Sherlock Holmes is just like, oh well, I've been envisioning doing something like that to him for years. <laughs> But I, I love, so he's like, you know, that's, this is how, yeah, this is where he, he learned how to investigate, how to right. put together, you know, clues and to follow the signs that's and right. where he learned to love to do this. And also just see like younger Elijah Snow and like his suit. Yes. <laughs> and it's like bad English. <laughs> Yes, he is horrible. Like, I'm, like, get away from me, you varmint! Like, you know, he, he calls people fellas, and yes, I'm like, oh my does. god, he did. Uh, like, yes, oh, he sure man. did kick that fella. <laughs> he was one of them fellas, so I kicked him. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's such a good book. I mean, it, there's not a whole lot of it. Because yeah. once the momentum picks up, like, you know, it, it really does pick up and it reaches a very satisfying end, I feel. Yes. And I like, I will take quality over quantity. Oh, sure. I would Absolutely. love to have continued seeing their crazy adventures. Uh-huh. But I'm also satisfied with 26 issues. Yeah, exactly. And none of them were bad. Right. Because it's like, again, we're going to go back to, who made this analogy? I want to say YouTube's Ego Raptor made this analogy, but oh, okay. it's um, you know, it, it's like comparing, like let us compare Wildcats and Planetary. Like, oh. if there was a mountain of Wildcats, five hundred thousand issues of Wildcats, right? <laughs> and then you have something like, uh, you know, you have something like this. You know, yes. the difference between them is one of them is like a high class dessert. You know, 
It's this tiny little morsel of, like, melted chocolate and caramel. It's lovingly put together by a chef who knows what they're doing. And then you have Wildcats, which is just this mountain of potato chips. Like, yes, <laughs> you can have more potato chips, but they're mindless. And they're it's meant true. to just be shoved in your mouth and... You don't care about what happens. The high-class dessert is meant to be enjoyed and experienced. And that's the difference between the two. Okay, I like that food analogy. Yeah. Because I like... me hungry because I like food. I, so do I. Um, yes. Yeah, and again, okay, again, earlier, I was talking to Mike. And, you know, I'm reading this and I can't help but think back to Wildcats. <laughs> right, it was the latest injury you've inflicted upon me. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, Planetary does very casually cross over with authority. Yes. I mean, they very explicitly do. There is a Planetary Authority crossover. Right. But within um, the book itself, they very casually cross over. Like, they talk about Jenny Sparks. They talk about the bleed. Right. Um, they, they reference the attack uh, of Kaizen Gamora on the world. Yes. You know, the, the, the lantern thing is... a throwback to Stormwatch. Right. Difference being, if you don't know who Jenny Sparks is, it yeah, doesn't ruin your enjoyment right. of the it's, book. It's okay. You it's know? okay because they tell you or you, you know you you can suss out. You're like, oh this is another century baby because right. Doc Brass and Elijah Snow both knew her right. back in the 30s and here's a recent video of her and she still looks like she's 20. Right. You know, but if you don't know that she leads the authority you're not left at a loss. At a loss, right. like you are in Wildcats when Cyberforce randomly right. shows and up. And if you like, don't, who are these nerds? Like, yeah, and if you don't know who Wetworks is, <laughs> you know, it's you just, know, it again. And I think I said it before as well, where it's like it's the difference between a like good writing and bad writing, where yes. if everything feels janky. And, it, like, just one crisis after another and nothing makes sense. And, wait a minute, who the fuck is Cyberforce? Like, you know, it, it it makes the end result very poor and very bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I mean... Yeah, I mean, but... and there's there's something to be said for, for mystery and your slow reveals, which is what Planetary does. Right, exactly. Especially with Elijah Snow and his whole memory thing when you find out, like, who was behind oh, it and did, why they it did so it. Well. And, he did it so well. And, you know, you do reveals. That's fine, because you, as a writer, you have that in mind. Right. That I know explicitly what I am keeping from my reading audience. Correct. I know what I'm putting in for them to pick up on. And I have a plan. And I have a plan for, I know like the clues I'm going to drop and I know what my reveal is going to be. And that's fine. Right. Audiences will ride along with you for that. You can't like wildcats just <laughs> drop your audience into the middle of the book and then never explain it. Right. Ever. Exactly. Because that's again, you know, those are by an artist. What do you expect? Like, <laughs> yeah, I just, again, I just have the feeling that it made sense to them. Yeah, I mean, and it probably did, but again, it's like, artists will take style over function. I'll, I'll tell you what, go, 
like if you had two desks with pencil sharpeners, one of them has a pencil sharpener that's just a regular goddamn pencil sharpener. It looks like <laughs> what it is. The artist pencil sharpener is going to be from the 1930s that looks like a jet engine, but it's a fucking pencil sharpener. You know, it's <laughs> like th- there's no need for that. Why? Why? Why did you go with that one? You because know? it looks cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's a goddamn pencil sharpener. <laughs> Like, I'm sorry it's not, like, the kind that were, like, mounted on the wall, and they had, like, different hole sizes. That is the the pencil sharpener that I have. It's perfectly serviceable. But see, I never understood the different hole sizes, because we never had different size pencils. Ah, but in England, they did have different size pencils. Well, we're not in bloody England now. It's true, but when you make something that's just a copy of another thing, and you just dumbly reproduce it, like... (laughs) See. I guess maybe if there was a gimmick pencil that you wanted to reshot, like one of those giant souvenir pencils. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. So maybe I I something like one that. Of those. I probably have several. I think everyone has. Yeah. It's, a, it's a hidden artifact. We have to go find it. Yes. <laughs> what is this thing? Call Planetary. <laughs> well, if you've never called Planetary before, I think you shouldn't. You, you should read the comic stat. It was a good time. It was a good, fast, awesome read, and I'm yes. I am enriched because of it. Yeah, no, it, this is this is a good book. This is it's Warren Ellis on his game. Um, it's got beautiful art. Yeah. by John Cassidy. Yeah, um, gold who, standard they, art. Yeah, they worked together on Astonishing X Men, mm-hmm. which was another really good book. Um, but yeah, it's just if you like action, if you adventure, if you like seeing like sometimes fun sometimes sad spins on yeah exactly i mean it it runs through all the gamut you get very sad stories you get really good stories really uplifting stories really like sloggy hellish stories yeah i was in a fragile emotional state i just finished the magicians on netflix so i'm I'm all broken up about it oh no this was good it got me back on my feet yeah no this is this, this is a good a good book and it's only 26 issues yeah if you could find it definitely pick it up so yeah it was like this is a two thumbs up recommendation yes i will give it two paws up oh look at that two thumbs and two paws two paws i was looking at my cat that's why i said pause okay um, do you, how many i mean don't make give it, it. I, he's sleeping so he gives it like an ear flick which is cat for good i guess <laughs> okay and, well, i don't thanks, know thanks perseus yeah he's 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 helping out he's part of the the opal city radio staff and you will respect him okay or else you'll have to go back to ocr hr for another talk no anything but that <sighs> well aside from being the head of ocr hr um, I'm also empowered to make our closing statement. This is Opal City Radio. Okay. Um, it's our comic book comedy podcast that we sometimes pretend is a real company. It's it's true. Yeah, we do that sometimes. Um, we will be back next week. Um, we had a, a long weekend, so I apologize for the lateness of the episode. Um, but we will be back next week with a brand new episode. Are we still cruising in the wild storm? Yeah, there's going to be two more Wildstorm episodes. Wildstorm! Krakow! Lightning and then, flashes. And and then we'll we'll talk about something else. Yes, as as we often do. So, um, until then, we'll take it easy, guys. Bye, guys.
This has been a production of Opal City Radio, now ending its broadcast day.